The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Make Life Work, the show that explores people and culture and shares some ideas on how to improve both. Your host is Kathy Ellis, and she will entertain you and share insights on how to make life work. Now, here's Kathy Ellis. Hello, and welcome to Make Life Work. My name is Kathy Ellis, and this show today is the beginning of a whole new chapter in my life. I've been a marriage, family, child therapist for 35 years and worked in many different settings. In 2000, I opened a counseling agency in Northern California, where we served over a thousand child victims of crime and abuse, as well as other folks. We had a grant through the California Office of Emergency Management Services, and in the last 15 years, received over a million in funds. A great appreciation for that department, as you can imagine, and Richard Bunch and Roseanne Sinclair, who helped keep me going when things got rough. Over three decades, I've worked with more than over a couple thousand people from three to 85 and from all walks of life and from many different cultures and races. I've heard a lot of stories. Then this year, I turned 60 and decided to retire. I didn't quite know what I was going to do with myself. I wanted to be a food blogger and photographer, but that wasn't going to give me the venue to share what I know and to continue working with people. And then I got a call from Fiona King, excuse me, from voiceamerica.com, asking me if I wanted a radio show. I asked her if she knew what they were getting into. So I'm starting a radio show where I get to share what I've learned about human nature and behavior in my over 35-year career, and I really want to thank you, Fiona. On my first show, I'll be interviewing two friends from high school. We graduated in 1974, and we still can't believe it. Actually, we go back as far as junior high. And since this is my first show, I'm still working out the procedures, and there's going to be a couple kinks and glitches. So thank you for listening and any patience you might need as this show moves on. Right away, I want to thank all my friends listening in from California to Maine and all the way to Italy. You all have been so supportive and encouraging. And I, again, want to thank Fiona King, the executive producer, for reaching out and then having so much faith that I can do this. Many thanks to Jeff Hersel, director of host services, and Randy Jackman, the production manager, for guiding me along the way. And, and Matt for helping me with today's show. If anybody has any questions for me or my guests, please email me at kjellis at omsoft.com. That's k-j-e-l-l-i-s at omsoft, o-m-s-o-f-t.com. 
The website is still in, under construction, but should be up, <clears throat> up in a week. On Make Life Work, I'll be talking about people, culture, and everything humanity, including animals. They're a part of our humanity. Today's show is an introduction to me and Make Life Work, and as I mentioned, I'll be interviewing a couple of friends from high school who both followed their passions in life. The show will be a mix between psychology and cultural anthropology. Sometimes I'll offer a different perspective on familiar subjects and share tools you can use to manage different parts of your life, from setting limits to developing goals, managing a family, improving your self-esteem, creating a business, and more. I'll interview people, different people, who have taken charge of their lives from moving, to, moving countries, starting businesses, and following their dreams. I'll talk about how we shape culture and the influence it has on us, how expectations of social groups and families impact how we think, feel, and behave. It's impossible to separate the nature of people and the influence of society, of course, but what we can do and need to do is to shift the way we think as a society. We can all improve ourselves a little, and we're going to need to if we want things to get better in our world so we can all find some success and happiness. The great news is it just takes a little change to go a very long way. Society can't change if people don't grow as humans, and people won't change if society fails to evolve. We need to attend to both, the health of society and the health of the people. The topics I'll be covering will apply to almost everyone, and the tools I share will apply to almost every situation, like setting limits, building confidence, redefining expectations, and creating and reaching goals, to mention a few. In the future shows, I'll be exploring topics like individuation and autonomy, that is being your real self, not the person other people and the media want you to be and ways to find healthy autonomy so you can make independent decisions that work for you in your life. We'll look at congruence and incongruence, which is basically about staying within your principles, living within your principles, and making the right decisions, sort of with a capital R, for yourself and finding peace and contentment with what you're doing. We'll look at communication and listening. There's so much to say about these really important skills, you can learn new tools for both getting yourself heard and hearing what others say. Today, it seems like no one is listening, except you all. You're all listening. Thank you. Um, no one's listening, and people no longer mean what they say or say what they mean. We'll look at intention and motivation. It's important to know your intentions for your decisions and behavior. And doing so, believe it or not, will help decrease stress in your life. And finding healthy motivation that will keep you moving towards your goals. We all know if, you, if you're trying to reach a goal but the motivation isn't right, you know, we never get there. We'll talk about boundaries and limits. If there was one thing after 35 plus years in the field, if there was only one thing I could teach clients, it would be to, to develop boundaries and set limits. Most of the problems people had all came back to somebody violating boundaries or someone not having their own boundaries and limits. We'll talk about self-esteem and self-concept. I'll share tools where you can immediately improve both. Other topics will include looking at family systems 
and ideas to make that system work effectively, developing personal or professional goals and the steps to get there, defining realistic expectations, working towards mental health and stability. A few, a few friends have asked me to do a show on grieving and bereavement, which I will definitely do, and I'll weave in current events as they relate. The show will develop and grow as we go. Today I'm broadcasting from the road in Santa Cruz, California. I'm visiting my two friends from junior high and high school, as mentioned. And we're still shocked it was 1974 we graduated. Both Louise and Elizabeth have been able to follow their passions throughout their lives. Elizabeth Burton is a well-respected landscape designer in Santa Cruz. She started and ran her business and raised her son as a single mom. Her business is very successful, and her son is a well-spoken, kind, bright young man now in college. She has found ways to travel and to see parts of the world close to her heart. She has a perspective on life that is both optimistic and realistic. She worked hard to get this far, and she has learned much along the way. Elizabeth and I were friends in high school, but haven't been in touch until a few years ago. Since then, we've become reacquainted, and after 45 years, she remains the same kind encouraging and creative person that she was as a teenager. Please email me if you have any questions for Elizabeth and how she made her life work. We'll be talking to her in just a minute. And then there is Louise Hallquist. Louise is an incredible artist and musician in Mendocino County. Her artistic interests and talents are varied and she has such creative vision. She was also a single mother of two while pursuing her passion and she was resourceful in making it all work out. Her children are young adults now, making their own way in the world. She's close to her children, who have the same sweet temperament and independence as their mother. They're starting their own families now, and Louise is delighted to be a grandmother, new new to her granddaughter. Louise is married and living in rural a rural life where she continues to create beautiful art and crafts. Please don't hesitate to email if you have any questions for Louise and how she was able to follow her passion. Louise was, Louise was friends with me and Elizabeth in high school, and we, too, got in contact a few years ago. I've had the fortune to visit, visit both Louise and Elizabeth, but they haven't seen each other for decades until this week. It really has been a lot of fun. Welcome, Louise and Elizabeth. Thanks, Kathy. Um, let's see. I have a couple questions for you. Well, first of all, what has it been like getting together after 40 Five years. In, in a lot of ways, I think it hasn't changed much. Elizabeth's still the, the sweet girl that I went to junior high school with in a lot of ways. But, of course, we're, we've matured since then. You think? <laughs> <laughs> it is strange, isn't it? It is. It's almost like you pick up where you left off. Definitely. It's decades, though, yeah. between yeah. then and now. Yeah. Elizabeth, what's it been like for you? It's really been wonderful. And one topic that we've all kind of touched on in just having this visit is that we're all turning 60 this year. And it's a really monumental time in one's life, not just our lives, but all 60 years old. Because it's a time of revisiting kind of the skill set that you were born with. And now what do you want to do with it? So we've talked about that while you've been visiting, and I've appreciated that. You know, that's interesting because as I'm, I was thinking about retiring, part of the, the sad part for me was now at 60 and all these decades in the field, 
Now it's something I know. Now I know something. Where maybe 20 years I didn't so much. And then retiring and losing all that and not sharing it. So this radio show really has been a blessing for me. Let's see. I'm going to ask a few questions. So I'm going to start with Louise. Okay. You've been able to incorporate your artistic skills in different jobs. Mm-hmm. Yes. What jobs did you, what jobs utilized your skills and how did you find those jobs? You know, I, I think all of them did. And when I first got out of high school, I became a, a dental assistant because I'd had a lot of um, photography classes and I was good at taking x-rays. And then I could work in the lab a little bit, um, forming um helping to form crowns and stuff like that with the lost wax casting and it's like jewelry making yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it was it was really um pretty pretty interesting that way and then I um started a family and of course having children is a, a very creative endeavor and um you know when when they're small maybe maybe you couldn't see my works but you could see that I I was helping my children and and so that they could express themselves <laughs> and um and working with the kids and stuff when my daughter was in kindergarten we started an uh, art for lunch bunch program at the school oh, and I'd, I'd come in once a week and and we'd have like um an art class that we could do when the kids didn't want to go outside and and play they wanted to come in and do artwork I was there for them that was fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Didn't you do, what did you do? You did something with the newspaper. Yes. I was an um, infographic journalist with the Press Democrat. So that was another way you, you oh, liked yeah. your artistic skills. Yeah. That was like uh, full-time artistics on deadline. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that, that was kind of hard, you know, because you have that pressure. And so things become a little slippery that way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ideas are like, spherical and there's in between two hard pieces of bread and they're kind of you know like they're shifting around and stuff like that but it, it all came to um you know all the time I managed to you know bring something to the table when the deadline was was mm-hmm. yeah was there what I um what I what I do know everybody people out there listening knows so many people in high school and their youth picked up an instrument or, you know, they played music or they had art or they had some hobby. But then we become adults and life really gets in the way and those things go by the wayside. Yeah. And what fascinates me is that you've really been able to keep that such important part of yourself yeah. going all this time. I, I never quit singing. <laughs> <laughs> in the shower, in the yard. Yeah, you know, like holding a baby, driving down the road. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I think my my first instrument was a piano, and I was five, and I had I had oh, lessons. Tiny. Yeah, I was lessons. I learned how to read music and and things like that. And then I moved on to um, guitar because mm-hmm. yeah, it was more portable. And um, I would I would sing and play guitar in that Catholic mass that we had in the church down the, down the road, and um, then in high school I was in in the choir that was fun. I was still playing my guitar then, and you know, but you got kids, but just sing to them, you yes. know, yeah. Just so everybody knows, we all grew up in Marin County, California, and graduated from Redwood High School 
there are some people listening today that graduated from Redwood. Hello, hello. Hello. Is hello. It, it's um, Lori. <laughs> Lori McDonald. Tom. And her husband. And Vicki. And Vicki, that's right. We're going to be taking a break here in just one minute. In a minute, as I'm learning the tricks of the trade of being a broadcaster. So we're going to take a break for a second. We're going to go to a, a commercial and we'll be back and I'll finish up interviewing with Elizabeth and then we'll talk to, I mean, finish, finish up interviewing Louise and then we'll talk with Elizabeth. So again, this is Make Life Work. I'm Kathy Ellis and this is my very first radio show in my new career, my retirement career as a radio host. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book, and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How are the priorities doing in your life? You might be doing well in your career, but something's suffering at home. Maybe you have a great relationship with your kids, but you don't always feel right or things are lagging at work. How do you take charge of it all? Tune in to Master Your Life with host Leah Mattinson. We'll help you sort out the personal and professional lives to triumph over them both. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you see someone... Are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Welcome back. This is Kathy Ellis at Make Life Work. And my guests today are Louise Hulquist and Elizabeth Burton. We went to high school together. You have all been listening. So I'm going to get back to Louise. 
we were talking about how she's been able to keep her passion of art and music, keep it going throughout her life as life went on about its way. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, which you touched on a little bit, but how, how were you able to keep art in your life as a single mom? I know you mentioned the art class. Yeah. Um, when my kids were really small, I, I pretty much concentrated on them. They were my works of mm-hmm. art. <laughs> but then, you know, when they they get to be so that you can, like, turn your back on them for a half an hour and they'll, they'll be okay, then I, I picked up um, painting and um, doing some beadwork and knit and crochet and things like that so that, you know, I had that outlet again. She does this, she does it like a mansion. She does some beautiful work, but there's these, this uh, embroidery that she does. Uh-huh. She gave me one of these towels. I will never use it. It's just so beautiful. Where when you, you know, with mo- most embroidery, you can see on the backside of the material, um, the, the threads, but you can't on this. You turn, turn the towel over and it's just the towel. Can you speak to that, that technique? Yeah, that bit? technique is called Swedish weaving. And it has no knots in it, and you're using um, the floats and the um, the weave of the cloth, usually a huck cloth that um, has like a a really thick woven pattern into it. And so you you take a chenille needle and you guide the needle through the the uh, floats, and um, you can create really stunning patterns that way. It really is beautiful. Yeah. And did you not just go to Sweden last year? I did go to Sweden last Very year. Very good. Did you see, do, what, what, what was there that was in, would inspire you now for some of your work? Oh, it is so green and Oof. so clean. And um, the, the light is so different than here in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I was there during midsummer, and so we could spend in in the north part of Sweden. Mm-hmm. And so there was a um, a period of time in the evening, like late at night, actually, in between one thirty and two fifteen, where the sun would kind of go down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Otherwise, it was like um, full daylight and go go go, and it was it was incredible. Pretty amazing, and you are a Swedish, a Swedish heritage. Right? Yeah, Swedish and Northern Siberian. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I have another question for you, Louise. When you, what, did you experience uh, social or family pressures to not continue with art or not make it a career of any kind? Not making a career, making it a career of any kind was pretty important to my my parents. They didn't want me to have to rely on it, but then, you know, there's so much that people can do for a hobby that kind of like um it gets brought up in in your your workplace like doing that x-rays and Mm -hmm. I've had photography experience and you know working with molds and things like that it was it was something I already had experience with Mm -hmm. do you think if your um, family you know being in the art world it's hard to make a living in the art world it is that's why we call them starving artists. And yeah, yeah, but you know, there's few lucky people that it, it just like happens to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you have? Do you think you would have done something different? Have you been encouraged in a different way? No. No, because you know that um, you can you can listen to what people are saying, and there's um, and for me, I know there's like a a voice in my gut. 
in the, in those two words. Mm-hmm. And uh-uh. <laughs> and and so you know when I'm listening to somebody, they don't do that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I pay attention to that inner voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's something I'll be talking about in future shows. Yes. Is what's congruent and incongruent mm-hmm. for us, and yeah. when you pay attention to that interview voice, that's congruent, mm-hmm. and that's the voice you need to listen to, not yeah. the society. Yeah. Telling you what you should yeah. and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Hmm. What words of wisdom would you have for for artists out there? Well, following that voice is is a good start, and most of us can can hear it. Um, it takes some practice. Um, learn and absorb all all of the um, what find out what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't work, and then um, it's helpful to to. Um, Go about things in a way you haven't done them before, just to see, just to see how they work out. Talk about that some more because that's very interesting. If this is a little different, but if somebody were to talk to me about these great goals, I want to achieve this great goal, and I've been struggling. Uh I'd say, do two little things you haven't been doing before. Go a different direction. Go drive a different route. Well, I I can remember a time when I was um, painting on blank white canvases and just, you know, working with a, a sketching on them and working from there. And then I thought of this um, idea where I could, like, color the entire background, the entire canvas, one color, and it would also make it easier for me to, to paint it, too, because there's something about whiteness and the purity, and I don't want to mess it up. Oh, that's funny. You know? Yeah, and, and apparently, there's Elizabeth is shaking her head. <laughs> she, she knows about that, too. And so I would, like, um, paint animals, animal portraits. We call them creepy portraits, sure, because um, they, they would be kind of, um, kind of humorous and maybe not something that you would want your animal posed like you know but I, I thought if I could paint the, the background a red you know and maybe I'd use a different shade of red for each painting or something but it was all, always red and then um, paint thin thin layers over that so that you could kind of like get the um, contours of the muscle oh and, and you know how um, animals always have little little pink parts in them like the, the ear the, the cat is and the dog is pink inside, you know, mm-hmm. so they have that little bit of red that would pop out and, and around the nose and especially around the eyes and and the, the thin parts of the fur around the lips and stuff. So I could let just paint really thinly with the white and then there would be a, a pink there. Interesting. Yeah. And so there is like um this dazzling kind of um just it would turn out that way. It would, you know, look dimensional. Dimensional. That's yes. a, and a very different approach to painting on canvas. Um, it was different for me. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't been taught that. It's so very interesting. Yeah, so I, I limited my palette to a lot of red, some white, and um, like blues, like cobalt blue or ultramarine blue that are really kind of like um, transparent. What do you say to yourself when you are getting pressure from other people to not do something that you're driven to do? 
well, that doesn't happen very often. So that's very <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're, you surround yourself with good people. Yes. Really but, people. Um, you know, I, I do kind of, um, you know, when somebody wants something for themselves and, um, you know, they're, they're telling me that they want me to do this particular thing for them. Um, it's really, really hard for me because I really don't know what that person wants. And so I'm, I, I'm struggling with my, my rendering. Hmm. And, you know, if I just happen to have in mind that I want to make a painting for this person of their pet or something mm-hmm. like that, it's, it's all good because it's all coming from me. But if, if somebody's like giving me, asking me to, almost like making an order, mm-hmm. it's, really, it's really hard for me because I, I'm not sure what they want. Interesting. That's interesting. And you've been playing music or doing art since you were five? Oh, yeah. Remarkable. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when, how old I was when I learned how to sing, but it was at an awfully early age. Remarkable. Yeah. It fascinates me. I'm artist, art, I don't have an artistic self. I can be creative, but artist always just amazes me. It's like Elizabeth's landscaping. I can decorate my home well, but when I'm in the art, I just plop things this look just plop things in the yard and I don't have that same eye. It's, I'm always in awe of that. Mm-hmm. Very good. We're going to start. Let me, um, let's move over to Elizabeth Burton. Hello, hello. Hello, Kathy. <clears throat> and so Elizabeth's been a landscape designer and she has her own company for many years now. 30, 30 years. 30 years. That's amazing. And you did that on your own. It's your own company. And you did it as a single mom. Yes, that's true. It was challenging. Challenging, but really fulfilling. A really fulfilling career. And I'm still doing it. And I'm going to be 60 in July, and I still love my job. And you have the energy and the ability to do it. It's fabulous. Definitely. One of the things we were talking about the other day is your ability to manage or work with your child's school schedule and activities because as a landscaper, you really do have your own schedule. Definitely. And you're not clocked in anywhere. Yeah. But you still have to have a steady schedule. And it's actually one of the things I really enjoyed about my job is that because I do different phases of landscape design, I draw plans, but I also just do horticultural consulting and project management, pick out the plant material. I was very, very fortunate 28 years ago to partner up um, with a licensed landscape contractor so that he has the full crew and is fully licensed, bonded, you know, so we're all covered. And then I can do what I like to do, which is doing the design, picking out the plant material, the client interface, Mm-hmm. and um, making sure that all the aspects of the project flow together because we basically work together as a design-build team. And then he can do irrigation, drainage, um, you know, more of the built elements where we have masonry or, or built elements in the landscape. So it's been a really fulfilling partnership because we both get to do what we enjoy and we mm-hmm. work together really well. It's always good to share to do that, to work with somebody that enjoys what they're doing and is good at what they're doing, and then you focus on what you're doing. And I, with business, creating businesses and working with people in business, one of the things, problems I see is the one person wants to do everything. Right. They're not willing to delegate. They're concerned that if they delegate, that other person's going to make a mistake. Well, they do. I mean, mistakes are made. But they get so worried about it, they just can't let go of anything. They get overwhelmed, burned out, yep. really burned out. And the quality... 
can get a little shaky. Definitely. So it's wonderful you were able to partner up 28 years ago. Definitely. You all know each other very well now. We do. And I have to say, I want to give a shout out to Tom Trombley of Trio Landscape, who go. is the person that I've worked with. And I'm my own company, Elizabeth Burton Landscape Design. We have never had an argument in 28 years of working together. That's remarkable. And that is because Tom is a bodhisattva. <laughs> and uh, we both just really focus on clients being pleased with the end product. And part of that, I really think, is because communication is important to both of us. Mm -hmm. And really being able to listen to what your client's needs or requests are has been vital to the success of my business. And that communicating and listening is going to be a whole show topic one day. Oh, good. Absolutely. Yes. So you all have learned how to say what you mean and mean what you say. Definitely. And not fill in all the nonsense in between. Yes. And try to get the other person, like in many marriages, where you, you assume they can read your mind. Right. No, we're very clear communicators. And we also, the, the great benefit of having a design-build team is that I know the quality of everyone's work. Like, I've worked with the same contractor that does our concrete for 30 years. I've worked with the same mason for the same amount of time. And so even though we're individual providers, I'm the project manager, and so I can verify the quality of everyone's work. And we don't have those um, where I've seen on other jobs, like people are throwing people under the bus, like, oh, well, that's because the plans weren't correct, or right. that's because he didn't install that correctly. We just don't have that because we've all worked together and it's very seamless. That's very good. You know, I really don't like it when you, I've always taken responsibility for my own mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't blow those off on other people. Yeah. It feels part. better. Just generally, it just feels better. Definitely. You know, I'm not worried about mistakes. One of the things I say, one of, a saying I made up is um, mistakes are what I do, not who I am. And unfortunately, too many people today feel like mistakes are really what who they are and so they can't take the feedback they can't even hear that they made a mistake it crushes them yeah i'm usually walking around going what mistakes did i make <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they're there let me find them um let's see i have some questions for you so you uh, you got into landscaping in 30 or 30 years ago mm -hmm. what are a couple tools you used along the way to stay on track and get through the hard parts of building a business well, I would say definitely this is not only in building a business, but just a life skill. Um, I started doing transcendental meditation when I was 17. So I have never missed a day of meditation. That's pretty remarkable. And for me, I don't think that, obviously I'm not saying I think that's the only type of meditation. I think all types of meditation are valuable. As a life skill, some technique that gets you in touch with that inner source of just unbound creative consciousness and it could be for you you know going on long walks or it could be singing mm -hmm. um, or it could be you know baking something that you feel is like your spiritual practice and it, there's so many different things for me it's been meditation because it's just this time when I can quiet the mind I can tap into that silent completely you know juicy part where creativity springs from so I really feel like I have direct contact with that and it's also very revitalizing and um, calming and nurturing just to be you know present in my daily life mm -hmm. calming the mind keeping still the mind 
is an important practice. Uh-huh. We all need to learn how to do that as we're bombarded with imagery and information, right and wrong as it is. You look at social media, for goodness sakes, in commercials and movies and people's opinions. We have to find a place in our lives where we can stop and quiet our mind so we can recharge a little bit and center ourselves to come back from that place where Louise was talking about that, that instinct, what is right for us, not what is right for what somebody else thinks we should be doing or how we should be. We have one minute left until break. I am learning. I'm learning how this goes. You're doing great, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Oh, say something about uh, Elizabeth used transcendental meditation. I just happened to know that. And somebody from high school we know, it was, is really into it, and is it Tom's brother? Yeah, Tom's brother, Bobby Roth. Hi, Bobby Roth and Tom Roth, um, both two longtime meditators. Bobby is now, you know, one of the main heads of Transcendental Meditation in the United States. Yeah, I saw him on TV the other day, and I yeah. had to um, write Tom and say, is that your brother? That's yes, great. Definitely. You did a great job, too. All right, we have 30 seconds to go to break, and we'll be back in a few minutes for the last segment of the show. Thank you so much for being with us and I hope you're still there. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Do you ever stop to question yourself? Is there more that you could be doing in your life to help you? How can you manifest real change in the world? The answers to these and other questions about ourselves lie in sustainability from within. Featuring host Silvelli Salviato, you can take the either or and change it into both and. If you want to make real changes in yourself, your life, and your world, you can't miss one show. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. 
Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Kathy Ellis at Make Life Work. Thank you so much for listening in today. My very first show, and I'm interviewing Louise Hallquist and Elizabeth Burton. We did know her as Betsy in school, so sometimes we slip up. So, Elizabeth, you were talking about using meditation to help get you centered and find the creative, your creative self to do your landscaping work, design work. What words of wisdom would you have for people to pursue their interests, whatever those might be? I think that's a really good question, um, especially being the parent of a now 21-year-old. Um, you know, it's a topic that comes up because that's a time in life when people are really questioning, like, what am I going to do and, mm-hmm. and where am I going? And I'd say there were a couple touchstones that I have always used for myself and then also counseled my son and my sisters or, you know, close friends when they're, they're looking for somebody um, to be a sounding board. And one of those, just very simply, is just do what's in front of you to the best of your ability. Because if you can truly do that, and your your ability is going to change in, in the moment. You know, if you've had a sleepless night, your ability is going to be at a different level than if you've had a really good night's sleep or if you're not worried about things. Um, you know, if you're eating a good balanced diet and getting regular exercise. So that, that ability is not... Um, immutable. It's very mm-hmm. going to change with the environment. But to the extent that you're able to do that and have that focus in the present moment, then I feel like you're going to have far fewer regrets in life. You know, anytime that I'm like in the future worrying about something or in the past grinding on something, I don't have my full self available to me in the present moment. So I've been fortunate and that I feel like I am a pretty present person when I'm, you know, in my life, mm-hmm. engaged with clients, developing a plan and implementing it. Um, another thing is definitely don't take yourself too seriously. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, really. None of us um, do that. For me, one thing that I've really enjoyed about that long-term business partnership is um, Tom, with whom I work, has a joke of the day. <laughs> and that's just part of our day. And also that we... We really are a client-focused design-build team in terms of, you know, I'm really knowledgeable about what I'm doing, and I really like to listen to what my clients want because I get to have what I want at my garden, and I really am wanting to create an environment so my clients will be happy in their new sanctuary and their, you know, garden environment. Um, So part of that is is using humor or whimsy. (laughs) Um, That's something I do definitely feel like I you know, kind of try to bring into design Um, and not getting attached. I really think the longer that I've been a designer, I've gotten less attached to my own ideas and more interested in implementing the best overall solution all the way. You know, that's very interesting to me because one thing I see people do is they're too attached to their own ideas, their Mm -hmm. own opinions, their own advice, and they're pushing it on other people. So let's say an interior designer 
might come in and say, try to design it in the way they want and not take into consideration your personality and your likes and your color palette. Exactly. That is a, that's a true skill to be able to set aside and not be attached to your own vision and be able to utilize somebody, understand and utilize somebody else's vision. This is a strange analogy, but it's a little bit like intelligence. Super intelligent people are able to adjust their vocabulary to whom they're speaking with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, one, the really super intelligent people that can't do that, they're sort of locked mm-hmm. up there. Um, you have to be able to f- be flexible. Another thing you mentioned that I wanted to say is you, you said um, you're not always on. You know, your diet might be off. You didn't get enough sleep. You're not always on. And I would like to say to everybody, I wish everybody knew this, that's okay. Yeah. You're not going to keep in the straight line going forward. Mm-hmm. There's going to be little side steps. And forgive yourself. Relax. The more uptight we get, the more we get on ourselves for making a mistake, the more um, frozen we are. We exactly. will not be able to move forward. When I got the grant a long time ago, I was overwhelmed. And immediately I didn't have an office we didn't, I had no agency, I didn't have a file cabinet, I didn't have a business card, and just my resume. And I was talking to a fellow in the field, and I said, I'm really overwhelmed, I don't know where to start. He said, put one foot in front of the other. That was all he said, and I have used that ever since. Yeah, just, just start taking the steps. Right, steps. So I'd make my list, and one day I'd get one thing done, and other days I'd get five to eight things done. Yeah. And eventually, 15 years later, over a million dollars later, Working with over a thousand kids later, it all came to fruition. It was quite a quite a remarkable process. That simple, simple notion of just take one step at a time, or for you to calm yourself, to calm your mind, so you can create. Definitely, mm-hmm. and just really to be present. And then I know that one other thing for me that's just been vital and is why I still love my job, and I'm doing it 30 years later is to really be true to what I think my strengths are and try to incorporate them into my vocation because I knew that I was going to have to work for a living you know Mm -hmm. not the landed gentry (laughs) and so I really thought because when I was in um, university I was pre-med and I really almost went to medical school you know I took my MCATs I got accepted and then I had this epiphany it's the 11th hour you know, you would be great at that, but would you really feel like you're using all your toolbox and all your skill set? And I felt like, yeah, my scientific part, because I do have my undergraduate degrees biology, and then I have a master's in landscape architecture. So I like the science nerd plant part mm-hmm. and the ecology part, but I also really like the designer, um, color theorist, you know, putting things together and composition part. And I just had this intuitive, innate sense, like Louise was talking about, you know, listening. I call it the stomach mind. Mm-hmm. There's just something that resonates, and you just go, oh, I'm glad that I that I had the courage in that moment to, because it was hard. You know, people were like, oh, yeah, you, you're going to medical school. And I was like, well, I, actually, I'm going a different route. And that really took a lot of just being able to have the courage to go forward, even though I was not really sure you know, how that was going to develop. Uh, because I didn't know, you know, we talked a little bit, we've, we've been talking since we've known each other for so long, yes. about those vocational tests that you take in school. And I had shared with you that I always got either be a doctor or a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so when I picked a different path, 
you know, nobody ever said landscape architecture in one of those, you know, vocational tests. So I was flying blind at the beginning, but I did just do those practices of really listening to, you know, getting feedback. Um, and, and it just grew over time. I think it takes courage to not be a doctor. Yeah. When you've been accepted to doctor, yeah. you know, medical school to say, no, actually, I'm going to pass. I think that takes courage because society, my goodness, oh, the yeah. pressure is mm-hmm. to be a doctor. Yeah. And the fact that you were accepted in a school and you, you know, I could see somebody saying, oh, you threw that away. Right. And yeah, I had to get over that myself and, and not beat myself up about that, too. And now looking back, I am so glad I made that choice that even in that moment, it was very difficult because there was more I'm, have, I'm using air quotes here, you can't see, um, <laughs> prestige attached right, to the right. other job. And um, and then also not knowing, because I didn't know, you know, financially, I didn't know how to support my child and all those things. I, I didn't have a child at that time. But it, it was really um, a risk, and I'm so glad I took it. We've been driving around Santa Cruz the last few days, and Elizabeth's been pointing out, I did that garden, I did that garden, oh, look at this garden, I just love, and this is what they wanted, and, this, and they're beautiful gardens, they're all over Santa Cruz, her touch is all over Santa Cruz. The other thing about, not, about going that path instead of the medical school, you wouldn't have had time for your son. Exactly. Doctors are no. so busy. Yeah, and I have a lot of really dear friends who, you know, I did pre-med with that I kind of saw the writing on the wall at an early age, pre-insurance co-opting things. That I was like, I knew that I would not have a good disposition for the paperwork and the just the not patient-centered care um, of most allopathic practices. And I've, you know, my friends that are really great doctors have shared that with me. You know, it's been so frustrating for them. So yeah, it was it was the right choice for me. Doctors are getting out of their practices right and left because of health insurance. Yeah, and we build it's it's a headache. It's an awful thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you would like to say hello to anybody? I'd like to say hello to Albert, my husband Albert, uh, my son Johnny, his wife Rachel, and their daughter Harper, and my daughter Helena, her husband Kyle, mm-hmm. and their children Apollo and Eliza. Oh, your tribe. Big tribe. Yeah. And you? I would definitely like to give a shout out to my wonderful son, Emilio Izquierdo, who is doing his internship um, in a financial advising firm in Hawaii this summer. Uh, So it's been been fun for me to see his journey. And then also uh, my wonderful sister, Molly, who, with her son, Weston, who's eight, my nephew, are coming to visit soon. Um, yeah, and just my, my community. I have a great community here in Santa Cruz. We want to say hello to Vicky, Kathy and Enrico. Let's see who else is listening. Lori, Tom. We, I don't know. I don't know who all is listening. I know my sister's out there listening. Hello, Shelly. My nephew may or may not be. I think he's pretty busy. And let's see. Oh, my friend Kathy in Grass Valley. I know this is silly. <laughs> But it's your first show, so you're saying a shout-out. That's right, my first show. So one thing I wanted to just um, revisit too, Kathy, because we all talked about this when we first got together, is that since we're turning 60 this year, I had talked about how in Chinese astrology, it's the one time in our life that we'll be back to our element and animal, Mm -hmm. and how it's really a platform of jumping off to a new career. And I just want to 
give you props for no seriously because I think it's very brave what you're doing of you know you've had successful practice and now you're going to take those skills into a new place and move to a different mm-hmm. country and you're doing this radio show and so you know I know this is your first one and it's a learning curve um, but it's it's great that you're doing it, and I think well, I want to congratulate you. Thank you very much. I really am excited. I know I was very nervous today, and that will dissipate over time. I didn't mention that I'm moving to Italy, so we'll be y'all be talking about that more as I go. One of the reasons I'm here today is because I'm taking road trips to see old friends before I move across the ocean. Um, I have a question for you. Yes, I want to know: Was there anything? that you have learned in your practice um, that you could distill for your listeners today in terms of making life work? One, because you asked us about life skills that Mm -hmm. we had. And do you think there's one life skill, and I know there are several, but in in a nutshell or a kernel that you would distill down that's been valuable for you in your practice? Um, Setting limits, having boundaries and setting limits just for everybody. even little kids get to have boundaries and limits, and we need to honor them. Of course, there's times when you don't because you're in charge of them. You need to keep them safe and feed them and all that. But they're, they're, they can ask for little boundaries, and you should honor them. It's just something that so, we're so devoid of today. Um, but listening is probably the biggest thing I've learned how to do is listen. One of the things everybody does today is they listen to anticipate, so they're not hearing a word. And I did that initially. At some point after, you know, hundreds of people, you can almost anticipate what they're going to say. And I was wrong a few times. So I realized I needed to stop and listen and just listen without trying to assess or answer or come up with a response. Just listen. Sometimes that would be the end of it. I would just listen. I wouldn't have any comments or anything to say. That really speaks to another skill that I have found super helpful and another tool, um, which is NVC, nonviolent communication. Mm. It's also called compassionate communication, um, which was promoted by Marshall Rosenberg. And just as a parent um, and as a designer, to be able to see what the need is, um, because the basic nutshell of that is if there's any unmet need, there'll be behavior that you know, isn't working out. Right. So if you can really see what the unmet need is and address it, problem it solved. I want to thank everybody. We're running out of time now, and I want to thank everybody so much for joining us today, and I hope you tune in next time. July 4th, next Monday, they'll be rebroadcasting this show, and uh, it's a little bit of a holiday, as some of you know. And then I'll be back on July 7th with the next show, to talk about things to make your life work. We really appreciate your time today. And if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to email me. There is a link on the Voice America page, or you could reach me at K-J-E-L-L-I-S at O-M-S-O-F-T dot com. And look, look for the webpage, which will be up and running in about a week. I'll have information on there links to the show, other links, helpful links, interesting links, and links to my guests' work or pages if they have any. And that's that's it for today. Yay! (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Make Life Work. 
Please join your host, Kathy Ellis, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, try to see your life and world through a new perspective.